Hello and welcome to Bitten by Radioactive Podcast, where we give powers to a name. Welcome to the wonderful month of May that we entered last week, but we're still in it. We are here once again to create a super duper superhero out of all the bits and bobs that we find under and around and beneath the back of the sofa that we call the internet. And to help me, of course, is Jade Sarson and Josh Randall. Hiya. Hey, look, I found a penny. Ah, oh, uh, the hero is Penny Man. I once found an umbrella but in my sofa. What? Jesus. It was, what? A, place that, it was a place that I moved into after university. And Are we talking it, like a little travel umbrella? Or yeah, yeah, big... yeah. It wasn't, wasn't a golf one. It wasn't one of those <laughs> Mary Poppins things where I just keep on pulling it out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Maybe we can make a superhero that their pure superpower is just pulling very useful things out of sofas. Mm. Well, we're off. <laughs> and it's easy as that, folks. But don't make a podcast from it, though. That's our thing. And if we see anyone else, like, you know, tr- trying to encroach on our territory, we're going to get very defensive about it. We know superpowers and we know super situations will take you out yeah but make your own superheroes in your own time we're, we're fine with that right guys off to a great threatening start it's your best friend demon knight here <laughs> and i've been reading one or two comics in this very week do you want to know what i've been reading go for it because i feel like even if we said no he's gonna tell us anyway yeah. josh that, that's, that's kind of the format we've got yeah <laughs> that we've had for the last 44 weeks let me tell you a little bit about a comic called Blackjack. Mm. You, ever, you ever seen a, read a little bit of Blackjack by uh, Osamu Tezuka? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all about a mysterious surgeon who uh, travels from hospital to hospital, charging exorbitant prices for his work, but he is the best surgeon in the world. Now, you might have seen this around. It's one of those giant cultural mangas from Japan because, of course, it's a Tezuka dude. He did, did a little bit of a thing called Astro Boy, came with the white line. You might have heard of those. Um, but I do love Blackjack because it's just, it's one of those great artifacts from the past where it has this very sort of Disney-esque uh, style to it. But it's just dark as hell. Mm. It's, it's just like a dark old uh, manga. And it kicks off uh, dark as hell in the first story, which is just like a great example of what uh, this comic's all about. Uh, mm. But the first story... It's all about this uh, rich dickhead son who uh, like proper fucks himself up in a car crash to the point where he needs like multiple transplants and uh, new parts to live. But this uh, rich guy, he's told that you will need a donor to replace all these parts. So he comes up with the idea of falsely accusing an innocent young lad uh, who's at that scene and Blackjack. He's like, mm, I kind of don't like this, but... I'll do it anyway, since you're paying me a large amount of money, because I'm a morally dubious kind of dude. Wait, wait, wait. So the guy falsely accuses the kid at the scene, right? What does falsely accusing lead to? Well, it leads to a false accusation and uh, a very quick trial, because someone's greasing the wheels of justice. Okay, but how? I don't. I'm, I'm sorry. Am I being stupid? Like, how do you get from a conviction to? Can we have your organs now, please? Uh, because. This is the kind of world that uh, Blackjack's set in, man. Okay. <laughs> That's grim. And also the kind of world that we live in. Yikes. It has a happy ending, though, Jay. Don't worry. The rich guy's son and the falsely accused boy get put into the theater. But Blackjack, he pulls a little stunt. He ends up just making the uh, the falsely accused son, uh, falsely accused guy's face look like the rich guy's son. Whoa. So the, the rich guy's son dies... But the uh, 
the falsely accused son manages to live on because f- fuck that guy. Whoa, that's twisted. I know, right? That's, it's that's great. an anti-hero right there. This is a fucking comic from back in the day, drawn like a fucking Disney cartoon. Uh, also, I'm just going to give a quick shout out to one of my favorite characters, uh, Pinocchio. Who, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Pinocchio is a small girl, probably about five, six years old, who is created from parts harvested from a cystoma put into a synthetic flesh body. Mm-hmm. Beautiful storytelling. But yeah, I Blackjack. Didn't, I didn't know that about her because I've only seen um, some of the old, like really, really old, like we're talking VHS tape old uh, anime episodes. <laughs> well. I just thought she was a girl that was very out of place in it. I no. guess not. Blackjack. Josh. Yo. What have you been reading? Is it something as dark and grim as this? Well, um, kind of, I guess. Uh-oh. Um, well, probably maybe not Systoma people levels. <laughs> um, but this week I have been reading uh, The Black Monday Murders um, by writer Jonathan Hickman, um, artist Tom Coker, I think the um, pronunciation is. Um, mm-hmm. Colours by Michael Garland and letters by Russ Wooten. Hmm. The story is basically all about these stockbrokers who have made a blood pact with a god to, um, in exchange for like power and wealth. Um, yeah. And effectively, it's a lot of like the stock market is powered by magic. Okay. <laughs> um. So like a lot of like the Wall Street crash, like you you know the stories about all of the like the stockbrokers jumping out of buildings and stuff. Yeah. 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 In the world of Black Monday murders, those people were pushed as blood sacrifices to get the market back on level. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so it's that kind of story. Um, so that's one part of it. And the second part of it is following this NYC detective. He's picking up all these murders and he's trying to figure out what is actually going on with them. And he's very yeah. much into the occult. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really, I say deep book, but only in terms of like the, the amount, my favorite thing about it is the amount of like lore and stuff they've chucked into this volume. Hmm. Yeah. Um it's only t- it's only about 8 issues, but the um like the first volume is so like chock full of like diagrams, uh <laughs> like articles all about like the occult, <laughs> the stock market and like <laughs> it's really weird how they've managed to make like schools of economic thought into occult. Yeah. And yeah. it's so good. And it's just like it's just a thick old read. Hmm. Well, I'm going to make the obvious joke. It's all witchcraft to me. <laughs> No one's ever made that joke, have they? Jade, what have you been reading? (laughs) Um, I've been also reading something about uh, New York detectives, actually. Hmm. Mm -hmm. But nowhere near as grim as uh, occult stock markets and (laughs) and Systoma girls. Um, Systoma babies, baby. Yeah. Uh, I've been reading Fake by Tsunami Mato. (laughs) Oh. So I have to include as... Shitty as they are, I'm going to include the Tokyo Pop first line of blurb because they nailed this. Yeah. Two New York cops with an attraction for action and each other. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's pretty great. That's oh, great. That's probably, isn't it? I'm sold. <laughs> it's probably the best thing Tokyo Pop have ever done. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Um, so, well, they did put up out Card Captor Sakura. So, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, so the best way I can describe this is like, think. 80s B99 mm-hmm. uh, if it were a manga so we've got a soft spoken uptight half Japanese guy who joins the precinct in New York and the cocky precinct clown 
who partners up with him to solve crimes and occasionally make out. Mm-hmm. That's pretty great. Um, it's, like I said, set in the 80s, though, so there's like lots of big oversized shirts and loud patterns. <laughs> and, I mean, that's my jam, so I'm fine with that. Um, and I didn't know when I started reading, but like apparently the art style is very um, divisive. Like A lot of people say that the hatching is a bit kind of overworked and the the character's eyes are often a bit cross-eyed but like to those people i say have you ever tried drawing a person focusing on something because it's actually quite difficult no art's easy (sighs) i think the art style toes the line of like acceptable quality so i think it's fine but yeah i Mm. highly recommend it it's very well written and very very funny there you go so i guess um our hero today is going to be sort of a a new york dark magician surgeon detective <laughs> that that could that could work magician surgeon detective cool okay hitting the mean streets <laughs> well speaking of the mean streets in a few days we are actually going to the mean streets jed now we're actually traveling traveling to toronto for the, the toronto comics art festival TK. are those the opposite of the mean streets <laughs> They're the nice streets. They're the, the they're the frightfully pleasant streets of Toronto, uh, Canada being some sort of weird utopia on top of a literal hellscape. But yes, we're going to go to Toronto, and the first time we we went, Jade and I, like I was surprised by the weather. We had a very pleasant time. It was like 27, 28 degrees for the first few days, and then there was a rainstorm, and then it dropped down to like four or five. It was crazy. Anyway. I'm being a Brit talking about the weather, but it is <laughs> relevant. Have you seen a film called Snowpiercer? Yes. Yeah. Did you ever think about how good that name is? Oh, yes. Hmm. Yeah. This is the Snowpiercer method. Okay. We're going to take a weather phenomena and we're going to combine it with a verb. I like this a lot. That's pretty great. So it's going to be like an X Y er, if you know what I mean. Mm hmm. So I got a few weather types here, um, fog, mm. uh, wind, a few winter storms as well, uh, a type of weather called zud, which I've never heard of before. What the G- fuck is that then? Well, if we get it, we'll find out. Mm. And of course, you've got your basic verb generator, which could lead to all amounts of things. So you're looking at things like uh, fog fixer or uh, thunderstorm breaker, something juicy something delicious mm-hmm. like that uh so jade yes jade give yes. me a number between uh one and 27 okay uh two two i don't like your low numbers <laughs> oh or do i like your low numbers <laughs> you given us arctic cyclone okay in it almost in itself it's, that sounds almost hero based it's just I my know. natural affinity <laughs> for ice-based villains <laughs> and uh, this verb generator is one of those that generates like a list and then like random list and then mm. you choose one. So Josh, I've clicked generate a few times. Give me a number between one and nine. Uh, seven. Arctic. So our hero today is Arctic Cyclone Decayer. Mm-hmm. Hmm. For sure, we could say like Cyclone Deca- Decayer, I think, possibly. Full name, Arctic Cyclone Decayer. Mm-hmm. Immediately, uh, so, I'm kind of getting vibes of like a storm that is, well, kind of like w- not decaying as such, but like, um, oh, what's the word? 
There's, there's probably another verb for it. <laughs> um, sort of like breaking down or... Yeah, that kind of thing. Eroding. Hmm. Maybe... Can we have a storm who... You know how you have human beings that can, can create storms? What yeah. if this Yeah, those storm, ones that exist in reality. Mm-hmm. I was about to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, those, those people. What yes. if this storm was in like in the shape of a human and that's them right Mm -hmm. but the reason they're in a human form is because they literally decay things that they touch as well you know maybe they're a deadly arctic storm personified almost arctic storms don't decay things but ours can (laughs) okay unlock your imagination jane i thought you were good at that oh i'm sorry uh so we're we're working with arctic i thought it was cyclone was it it's Arctic oh, it Cyclone Decayer. An Arctic Cyclone Decayer. Okay, Arctic do we want some more information? Decayer. Do we want some more information on an Arctic Cyclone? I'm ca- uh, do you know I'm going to... Can I go out on a hunch and say that it's some sort of winter-based storm? Yeah. Oh, my God. Wikipedia immediately calls it by a better name. <laughs> a, po- a polar vortex. <laughs> can we call it polar vortex decayer instead? I mean... It's po- the same. It, yeah. It's polar vortex now because <laughs> Dean just vetoing everything. Yeah. I'm taking let, let, the lead let's, on Let's this just change one. the name to Kaya as well whilst we're at it. Let's just yeah, polar fact, vortex eroder. Challenge. In fact, fuck this podcast. Buy them out. <laughs> no, Jed, come get you. Get get back here. You signed a contract, Jed. I actually lost my headphones. <laughs> so polar vortex to Kaya. Yes. Sure. Are they a winter person? Like. How much, I know we have to lean into the polar aspect somewhat, but how much do we want to lean into it? Perhaps we should focus on the um, vortex aspect. So it's it's a very, very, very cold storm. Essentially. Contained within the shape of a, a human. I think that would be a cool idea. Um, there's been many X-Men in the past that can create weather phenomena, etc. But there's no storms that are people. I don't think it should be something like, say, Storm, where she raises her hands and, like, a fucking storm comes for you. It's literally a storm contained, or vortex contained within a person. So, like you said, their touch is what lets it out. Hmm. See, I wasn't thinking the storm was contained in a person. I was just thinking the storm was in the shape of a person. That's what I meant. It's like, okay, because, like, if it's... Contained might be the wrong word then. It's it's in the shape of a person. It's just contained seemed like it's it's a gas. Hmm. Well, it's a bunch is, of gases and It's the way that you're whatnot. trying to describe it, Dean. Like the Titan in Disney's Hercules that is just three tornadoes. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what I'm Except trying to go for. that's not in the shape of a person. <laughs> it kind of is, but I'm, are we kind of going for that thing that is... If we just added two more tornadoes onto the bottom of that Titan, <laughs> then it would have two arms and it would have two legs. Yeah, and it's a humanoid shape. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Is that the imagine, thing you're looking for? Imagine that Titan from Disney's Hercules combined with Dr. Manhattan, and that's sort of the shape I'm going for. Okay. Um, but, may- okay, i tell you what as well. Maybe we can backtrack on that really doofy, criminally bad thing I said about decaying as well. What? Um, about the storm causing decay. Why? What that's if- part of the hero's name. <laughs> Well, no, that's the thing. I'm not. I'm not getting rid of it completely. But what mm. if the, the the decaying part isn't this like their powers or anything, but perhaps a part of their personality or history or something? Okay, elaborate. You know, 
maybe they hmm see when you say the word decay to me i think of like naturally like bodies breaking down and um the circle of life and all that skis yes but that doesn't occur as much in the arctic because of the the low temperatures and the you know low amount of life that's going on there etc uh-huh so what if this superhero is out um brace yourselves um what if this superhero is out to experience decay because they've been starved of it in the Arctic. That sounds like what? a villain. That sounds like a straight-up villain. That, yeah, what? A, I like how you said the word hero and then described the exact opposite of a hero. I want to experience decay. And I will do that by killing you? Killing criminals, right? Heroes um, don't kill criminals. The thing is, is that the two that we've actually got, in that case, the two names we've had generated are to to pardon the pun polar opposites yes hey um hmm. it's like you, you can't have both hmm. i mean there was one thing that i wasn't i was playing around with in my head that potentially the decaying aspect is the power itself and so like their power is decaying or something i think maybe with each use it maybe decays in some form you I'm, see that's 800 times better because then you've got your drama aspect of it. You've got, like, even with the hero, maybe when they arrive on the scene, uh, they're, like, seven feet tall, but with each use of their power, mm. they physically physically decay, becoming smaller and smaller until they're, like, three feet and um, they're stuck in bed, like, ooh. So I'm picturing a sort of walking cotton candy person and every time they chuck a piece of the cotton candy at a villain that is taking away from the larger piece of cotton candy that they are until they are but a speck is that what we're going for here i think that yeah work. i think that work. yeah it's like <laughs> um like when they start off when they always enter the scene they're always at their biggest and then as like the longer the fight or the longer the thing goes the more the, s- the storm will kind of wanes mm-hmm. um hmm. So it really adds like a time limit factor onto the hero they, as well. Do they um, have like a rechargeability then, or maybe they could recharge it by experiencing a naturally occurring polar vortex? You know, Which is they rare. Sort of... that, that seems like quite a. Could you imagine? Because I mean, I don't think they're going to be based in the Arctic because no. that would be almost not redundant. I imagine there isn't much crime out in the Arctic. <laughs> um, that polar bear stole my baby seal. So. Like, if they were to lose their powers, they'd have to travel an awful long way to kind of re- regenerate them, depending on... Yeah. Like, it would either mean that they they have powers for, like, a week, and then they have to go spend, like, a week away in an, just chilling out. Yep. Yep. Maybe they were born there, though? Oh, yeah, naturally. They weren't born there. They were created there. Oh, that's what I meant. They... Every time I use a word this week, it's like, that's <laughs> not what you mean. Okay, they were... They manifested there. Oh, even better. Because perhaps they aren't technically human, seeing as they are a walking storm. Snow... Sn- oh, I was going to say snowman. Yes. <laughs> Pony vortex person. Okay, um, can we... For the benefit of the poor, hapless artist that's going to have to draw this creature, can yeah. we perhaps visualise it a bit? It's what are we talking here? Three large spheres of just white. No. Three three small dots of black 
<laughs> and a small fucking... triangle of carrots. <laughs> this isn't bleach. <laughs> Well, it turns out our artist for this week's illustration is Josh Randall. <laughs> Look forward to his um, uh, Christmas card-esque illustration of uh, Polar Vortex Decaya. Um, can I also... Th- I know that we're going off base, but I'm- can we also throw in the idea that they used to be called Arctic Storm Decaya, but yeah. they didn't sound hardcore enough? So <laughs> they've decided to start calling themselves Polar Vortex Decaya. Cool, so we have an in-canon reason for the artists and creators being stupid and reconsidering their position on the name. Yes. <laughs> cool. Uh, they mean the artists and creators being very intelligent and smart about renaming their <laughs> Rebranding. The hero. Sure. Um, um, but yeah, in terms see, of... like Josh, hmm? um, not, not to potentially take this on another, another stupid swerve, but the way... You were talking about, oh, they changed their name because it wasn't hardcore enough. Made me think of various high school um, elements. And perhaps I'm going to be, I'm going to just throw this out there. This is a, a safe space for creativity. What if this is a high school based superhero? Have we actually done a high school based one recently? Um, uh, Not recently, but, you know, there's Harley Deadline. We kind of had um, Mood Swing, whichever, whatever their mm. name actually was. Uh, oh god, it's happening! And then um, the weird slinky bully guy was. Yeah, that is true. Coil of Balance was a was at school. I think but that, that was that more was like a... middle school, wasn't mm. it? Yeah, that was sort of like sort of tweener age. Mm. But we we could do. Imagine, imagine a storm, a, a physical manis- manifestation of an Arctic vortex, a polar vortex, <laughs> trying to get through school. Are you trying, trying to, to get... like combine our it like? We've got a walking storm, <laughs> and everyone is just fucking oblivious. Like, oh yeah, the hey, look, it's that new, that really attractive student, the transfer student. There's just like one person, like it's a fucking storm. Look, guys, what it's a snowman wearing a tie. Please just <laughs> realize this. Yo, decay of my man. Slip me some skin, some storm. <laughs> How are we liking that idea? Um, <laughs> what just just going into high school and just being totally oblivious to that mm. well maybe not oblivious but like they they accept it because it turns out Arthur Decaya um, can, they're, they're can not... they talk because I was I picturing so. like just a humanoid um, well a humanoid storm so it wasn't necessarily human I guess um, so every time they opened their mouth it just sound like an arctic blizzard like pretty much <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. So, so, ma- so maybe they've got a containment suit or something. Hmm. So it might be going down like more like of a robot kind of fact. Think. Please not again. What? No more <laughs> references. Robot. Oh, you don't want to do another robot? No. <laughs> it wasn't exactly a robot. I was just going to think of Klaus from Hellboy, who's just like a bunch of gas in a suit. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, we could do. I, I kind of like the idea of it just it being being the storm, though. I can't. I'm. I'm attached I was, to that. Like, I was picturing. So the best way I can describe it is like picture a human and then make them invisible, right? Mm-hmm. And then have like where say the arms and legs are. You've got sort of a swirling sensation mm. that's sort of swirling all around where the arm would be, and there's bits of kind of cloud and and condensation and stuff and it's all constantly swirling because it's it's a mm-hmm. vortex not like just a floating mm. along storm it's it's a vortex so there's a swirling motion to that isn't there yeah 
So hey, it's like they're constantly moving. Mm-hmm. Hey, Josh, I'm about to sell this idea to Jade Hardcore. <laughs> Watch this. So, Jade. Yes, uh, Dean. I didn't just hear that, but go on. In high school, um, mm-hmm. of course, aside from trying to pass their exams and, you know, get to the prom on time, what if they're also falling in love in high school? Yes. And there's, and there's someone who's falling in love with the physical manifestation of a polar vortex. I mean, how do you fall in love with something that has no personality? I just took a dunk on fucking the shape of water. <gasps> Jade, you betrayed your own. No, I didn't. Can wait. I've solved. I've solved the voice thing. Okay. Um. Well, sometimes when the winds are quite high, people say it sounds like there's like a voice in the wind. So could they just kind of like (laughs) Uh speak in almost like whispers? Yeah, I like that. Mrs. Asher, I think this is the answer. I guess it's (laughs) not that I have a problem with them not having a voice. It's that we've talked and talked and talked, and all we've got so far is. This is a walking storm. They have no personality. We don't know what kind of hero they are. We know they're in high school. That's good. Okay. Right. So we've got like a base setting. We have a, a character now. Let's let's fill the meat out. Mm-hmm. Not literally though, they're a walking <laughs> storm. But I don't think that as the actual personality that they are like a storm personified. Do you think they're no. very calm? I think they're very calm. Almost like they're at the eye of the storm. Yeah. Although that is the most oh. dangerous part as well. Um... Well, that's cool then. I mean, that's what you're saying. Like, when you're in the eye of the storm, it's the calm. There's also the calm before the storm. There's lots of storm oh, yeah. related phrases. Calm before the storm, storm probably works a bit better. Um, yeah. And this kind of. This goes once again towards with the decaying aspect. Mm-hmm. Is that because mm-hmm. of their powers um, decaying over time, depending on the crime or like length of, length of crime, um, is that, that when they approach the situation they have to go like all out and be almost you know like forceful and stuff like being yeah not not angry sure but like they need to be like powerful and massive but in reality they're quite calm and almost meek maybe yeah hmm can i ask that this um deteriorating aspect of their power mm-hmm. is that a constant thing or is it like a battle limiter so like oh um if i don't defeat these villains within five minutes of using my power like this, then I'm going to deplete and have to go home and have a lie down and then I'll be fine the next day? Or is it like an ongoing thing so they're decaying over time? Um, um, I like the idea of it just being a battle limiter. Okay. If only yeah. because that's how they're, they're, they're having to use, like put their whole life, life force into it. Mm. Whilst otherwise they're just consistently just there. Mm. Perhaps... Perhaps they use a little effort to maintain their form, just a tiny bit. Hmm. So, say for example, they're very tired, or they get like beaten to an inch of their life. Um, they they might be slowly draining, and that would uh, result in your classic race to the Arctic situation for him to for them to recharge. Well, do you know what? Now, now you've just mentioned this. How can they get beaten? Because now I like the idea of a criminal going up punching them. And because of the force of the storm, like momentum almost like spins them round and just flies, yeah. flings them off. <laughs> or or they like go to punch, punch a belt sander. Yes. <laughs> it's like a, or like, yeah, like a running machine kind of thing. Yeah. And you just, I mean, it, there'll be like a lot of snow and like potentially even hail in there as well. Mm. Oh, it'd be nasty. So how does our character fight? Storm powers. No, how do they fight? <laughs> Come on. Like... 
Well, I don't want to go down the route of like a defensive hero again because yeah. we've already done Coil of mm. Balance. Yeah, no, that's more of a if they have to get hit, it's mm. fine. Because... But the, whilst this is more of a when they do get hit, they kind of solve it themselves. Yeah, yeah. So if they're having to take out some villains... Um... Bank job. Let's do the old bank yes, job. Yes, yes. Uh, so villain comes rushing at them with a gun. And this is a storm in human form. Do they like hold out a hand and suddenly the hand is no longer shaped like a hand like there's just fucking hail coming from where the stump of a hand used to be or, hmm. or i think what? that works because i was also thinking about like if they're at school how are they going to be able to like hold or like their pencils and stuff and i was hmm. thinking about them almost like this actually could go into towards the effort of their decaying power is that yeah. they almost like force loads of hail into the shape of a hand okay hmm so they can uh, have some physicality in the yeah. world. So that physicality takes a lot of effort. Yes, yeah, so they they can't do it all the time. So like when they're just walking down the road, they are just like a storm in a suit. They but... just float along. They wouldn't even walk. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> maintaining they just float. legs would be effort. Yeah, but so obviously um, when they're at school, they just need to like all pick pick up something to. Well, I suppose they wouldn't be able to have to drink, but hmm. if they needed to fake uh, drinking, they could form a hand to hold a teacup and pretend mm-hmm. to drink. No, no, no. They just like suck. The, the alcohol from the bottle <laughs> or whatever, like... And then, like, their their storm colour would change very slightly as the, the, the mist of the, <laughs> the drink would form inside their, their quote-unquote torso. A drunken haze. Can a walking vortex blush? Important question. <laughs> Jade, you're the most qualified to answer that question. <laughs> no oh, comment so far. That, that opens up so many, like, funny little opportunities. Like, if they do get really angry, do the... Like their eyes just start like lightning strikes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, like I don't think they would have like oh they have hailstones for eyes. Like oh, none of that bullshit. No. But like where their eyes would probably be, to suddenly like lightning start striking. Hmm. I think they'd have like recognizable parts um on their face. You know. Um. So they would have small cyclones or whatever that kind of look like eyes and they'd have like uh like lumps and protrusions that might sort of mirror really cheeks and noses I, I, I and don't stuff think so. like that i don't think they should i yeah, tell I you so. the perfect way of visualizing what's going on within this person did you ever have one of those stress toys that was like um like a plastic sleeve that sort of turned in on itself, right? Yes. And squeeze it. Yes. And they had that sparkly gel in them that was mm. just constantly swirling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can like um, paint features with that, right? Well, yeah. So like those swirls occasionally form hints of details, but not always. So most of the time they're mm. maybe faceless. Yeah. And it's only if they're expressing. Because like you said, Josh, they're very calm all the time. Mm. And what's the point of having, like, expending energy to create a calm expression? Ah. And, um, of course, like, you can recreate that with snow. Like, little sparkles. Ah. We didn't get... We kind of went off topic with the bank job. Um, Yes. Let let me describe how I would write this particular situation. Okay. Um, It would be less of a a punchy-punchy fight between the hero and villain. Mm Mm-hmm. All the, the the bank robbers. Um, how I'd do it is say say there's a bank situation where all the hostages are pushed into the back room and they're being controlled, and the robbers are elsewhere in the bank doing their thing. Well, part of Vortex Decayer, they don't have to worry about 
taking on like a human form or anything like that, they can spread out. Perhaps they start lowering the temperature of the the uh, the bank vault to really uh, dull the criminals' movements and um, distract them by making them cold as hell. Well, you know, re- really cold metal. You know, all that, all those coins they're going to get really icy. You don't want to touch those; they'll get mm. stuck on your fingers. Exactly. That bank vault door suddenly becomes more of a, a hassle to open when you're not just cracking the lock, but you also got to fight against the frozen lock as well. Could we perhaps have uh, an aspect of drama to this? And that is playing on Josh's decision for them to be a very calm person. Mm-hmm. Well, in order to fight, they have to discard their human form. Mm-hmm. And to remember that they are human, they have to maintain that calm mm. sort of feeling. So they're having to be very calm dealing with everything. Um, picture mm-hmm. like bits of cloud or whatever floating around this this bank and through vents to get to the hostages and then having to like whisper a hint to one of the hostages to be like, you can leave now <laughs> through yeah. the back door. You know? And all the while, it's really difficult for them to not just unleash fury in Mm. their ultimate form as a huge fucking vortex so it's really all about like containment like i was saying Mm. like ages ago i think now (laughs) like this this is actually a really difficult thing for them but they're doing it because again heroes do the right thing and so they're fighting crime because they should but it's not good for them because the more time they spend separate separated like from Mm. containment the more they forget about being a human being. Yes, I like that very much. There's there's that control element to things, mm. I guess. So as you were saying about the fights going on too long leads to like the storm breaking down, I think you could also add to that in that it perhaps gets bigger before it decays. Yeah. So like mm. it gets big and furious and then it starts breaking down because they're losing control of themselves. Mm. That's a that's a, a good idea, Jade. Okay. Polar vortex decayer. Okay, so we're we're, we're starting to (laughs) flesh this out a little bit now. We've got, like, some abilities, some climate manipulation slash fucking full-on storm abilities. Um, They've got a love life now and the ability to have a love life. And they're just a high school kid trying to make their way in the world and is also a superhero. Can we talk about origins a little bit? Yeah, so they manifested in the Arctic, and they flew to uh to Malibu Beach, California, to become a high school student. Why would they go to fucking Malibu? I don't know. It just seemed like the Sweet Valley High kind of deal that we're going for. Okay. Well, why don't they go? You started off by talking about the weather and Toronto. Why don't you just stick them there? Oh, okay. <laughs> Disney done. Because there's the- a lot of comics in Toronto. <laughs> Oh, God, there is. Uh, <laughs> no, no, you said it now, we, Josh. We, we can go to Europe, can't we? Let's go to Helsinki. Why not? <laughs> See, I was very purposefully trying to take them away from a cold environment because, like, cold hero in a cold environment, they ain't, no, ain't nothing special about that. Well, I guess you have a point. Hmm. What if they instead were the hero of perhaps Barcelona or Sicily, you know? Sure. Somewhere... Um, Mediterranean and warm. Yeah. Okay. So they're in a, a warm climb. Um, mm-hmm. You were saying, like, back when we were scoffing about them, like, not fighting crime in the Arctic, could they perhaps have started there, though? Like, because when they first manifested, they were barely human. Like, 
Can this be a story of them becoming a human being? I think I've got an idea. Go on. Um, sort of um, hopping off the little block that you placed down in front of me. What if perhaps a very long time ago there was uh, a great vortex? Uh, we're going a little bit uh, sort of mythical here. Uh-huh. A long time ago, what if there was a great vortex that would um, occur like perhaps every like week or every month, perhaps coinciding with the moon and um that vortex would ravage each and every person in its path maybe like um native tribes from those areas or or what have you native peoples in the the other upper echelons of the world mm-hmm. but um the the people started trying to fight against that storm perhaps not with weapons but um they would be so uh, beat down by the storm they would like shout at it saying please Please don't hurt us. We've done nothing wrong. Why we? Why do we deserve this? And that made the storm think and consider its actions. And over time, these people shouting at the storm um, change. We need like a character like oh, and then so and so stood up and said, "No more will you no, fight." No, 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 no. The people calmed the storm. There you go. This is why collaborative processes are the best. <laughs> Um, the people calmed the storm and looked the storm in the eye and said, we've done nothing to deserve this. We, we've we only defended ourselves from other evil people and forces, and this is what we get. We don't deserve this. And so the storm reconsiders and starts um, fighting against those that have caused pain on this tribe. Maybe they have a special connection to this like family or something as well. Okay. And then the storm starts um attacking those who steal food from this family or animals that threaten this family and eventually of course being a storm the storm lasts forever but the family eventually fades away and whatnot Ah, and this and then the storm decides that it will continue to fight um against people who are hurting those that don't deserve it but it's it's in pain because like perhaps it loses this family like the last member just fades away Mm. and they don't want to stay in this area anymore but they want to learn more about being a person and they've got to maintain the most important thing that this family imparted on on this creature is that it needs to be calm yes you must you must think clearly and consider it oh this is quite a sad story i think if you're gonna write a story about an ancient being then it's, it's going to have a little bit of tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and then eventually, um, I know in the sort of northern parts of Canada, sticking with that Toronto thing, um, there's various outposts and research stations that have a connection to the uh, the outer world. So maybe they just begin walking south and um, maybe they... Oh, people hear whispers over the radio and they're like, but we haven't got anyone stationed there. Like. <laughs> Um, maybe they sneak onto like transport a plane or a, uh, a a car, and they keep traveling south until they reach civilization. Is flight too much for this hero? Like, um, I would say if when it gets to the when it gets to the hotter climates, it will be. When it's yeah. colder, it can still maintain it because of the temperature. But I think the hotter it gets, sometimes like maybe more strenuous things will get rid of its uh, powers longer. Oh, so maybe the hot climate is actually like not because of 
Dean's suggestion earlier of it being more effective is because mm. the the heat helps to dampen the storm a bit. Yeah, maybe. Mm. So Something it helps else. them maintain their human form for longer. Mm. Although technically, if they are um, a person made low pressure and they're in a <laughs> climate full of high pressure, they would actually create thunderstorms inside themselves. Well, they. <laughs> <laughs> but we we don't need that part of meteorology no, to spoil our cool. story. That's kind of cool. I like that scientific oh. explanation. That's good. Well, that, well, that's how they're obviously not going to like die out altogether. Yeah, it's because they mm. still do have that bit that's keeping them level. Mm. Mm. But yes, they, they end up making their way down to the Mediterranean, shall we say. And um, they go to a school for those b- between the ages of 16 and 18 in these countries. If they're a high school or I don't know what they're fucking called. And they make a lot of friends, possibly romance. Hmm. Well, that that's sound? it for Ben Byron. Can we go into the villains corner? What, okay. What's going to happen with villains? Um... Hmm. Actually, oh, actually, whilst I was thinking, you know when I briefly mentioned about someone punching them and kind of doing their whole... Um, Rebound thing. Yeah. Mm. What would happen if they got shot? But it would just pass through them. Could it go through them? Or would the pressure maybe cause it to like spin around and actually kind of... Oh, like it would would splinter within their human containment Mm. field, I I'm wondering if if it would either harm them or potentially if it shoots out. Like It's all good having a person just fly out because obviously you can avoid that. But what's the potential for like bad ricochets? No, I oh. like that. I think bad ricochets are a really good idea. You, you could go even a little bit further than that and say because they pierce their sort of human form, they might mm. start leaking or bleeding from that wound. Well, they they can't. Maybe not like yeah. They just can't stabilize properly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like maybe if they take it's more of like a a mental toll than a physical toll. Mm. Yeah. Maybe like if they that take too many gunshots. Makes it hard for them to control the form. And cool. knowing that it might harm someone else, depending yeah. on what they do with it, might start causing mental instability. Yeah. In terms of so these metal. these splinters just swirl around faster and faster until they just shoot mm. out because they lose control of them. Yeah, I like that. I like that very much. Mm. Let's have like one very quick villain before we go. Hmm. They are a. Um, are you they going are... To the generator again? Or <laughs> uh, we can uh, give me a number between one and twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Uh, I think that's Zud. <gasps> uh, oh, Wait, it's just, is, it, is it just an A to Z list? I mean, it's a Wikipedia list. <laughs> <laughs> what is Zud? Uh, Zud is actually a sort of winter drought. Whoa. I mean... Come on. That's useful. Yeah, Zud is indeed 27. Um, so, winter drought. Explain that to me. So, Zud... Uh, is a Mongolian term for a severe winter in which large numbers of livestock die primarily due to starvation due to being unable to graze in in other cases directly from the cold. There are various kinds of zud, including white zud, which is an extremely snowy winter in which livestock are unable to find nourishing foodstuff uh, through the snow cover and starve. Uh I always feel like we went to this earlier because wouldn't it be interesting if zud was the main storm? And our hero was like a breakaway portion. Mm. Ooh, I like yes. Oh, what Zod was like the ancient being that they tried to protect. Yes. Ooh, yeah. What what an idea to get into fifty one minutes into the episode. (laughs) Yeah. So like our our hero Polar Vortex is like the offshoot, and when they meet Zod again, they're like, "This is what I could have been. This is what I was. Mm. I don't want to be that anymore." Uh, Mm. I wonder how that will like. Imagine that would be the big climactic. 
um, like ending would be these two pressure fronts, uh, basically like stick like attacking, really, wouldn't it? Well, mm. you could have like for the whole comic, no matter what's going on, there's a background story like on the news and in newspapers mm. and stuff of like this traveling storm, like. Mm traveling over the world and it's not revealed until much later that it's just Zerd looking for the missing part <laughs> of them. <laughs> That's very good. Also, could it be given a completely different name? Our Storm Betty's coming. Everyone keeps calling me Betty, damn it. My name <laughs> is Zerd. I'm angry that gets me. <laughs> but yeah, maybe you wouldn't have... Um, you'd expect a big fight at the end, but actually it's a battle of wills and so they fuse yeah. into one big storm and the fight takes place within this storm Ooh. for hmm. for control and dominion over hmm. the storm itself oh my goodness so it's like two personalities battling rather than two yeah. storms battling well that's for our friends and listeners to decide upon because <laughs> not all of our listeners are our friends yeah. that's true <laughs> but they are friends in potential we'd, we'd like to be your friends maybe <laughs> I don't know you well uh, if you give me a moment, I can briefly explain a way that you might be able to meet some of us and become our friends. Thank you all so much for listening to us create a, a storm that may or may not have a romantic interest in high school kids. If you want to support our podcast... Then you can leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, also, whichever name you leave, we will churn through... A generator and you'll become a hero yourself and there'll be like an entire episode about you yeah seriously we, we won't use numbers <laughs> yeah <laughs> in the meantime there's always our twitter feed at bbr underscore podcast where you will see not only a visual some pictures of our recommendations from this week which are some pretty they have some pretty nice art in there as well but also you'll see uh jade's wonderful incredible illustration of our hero Polar Vortex Jay, can you draw us a storm in human form, please? Okay. Also, f- fuck, I just realized that that rhymes. It's a storm in human form. Well, that's the blurb. <laughs> there you go. Um, also, heads up, if you are from, indeed, the city of Toronto that we mentioned very briefly in our episode, uh, Jade and I will be attending uh, the Toronto Comic Art Festival, TCAF, uh, May 12th and 13th. So mm-hmm. come on down. Say hi. If you want to have a chat about the podcast, please be our guest and we will become your friend, naturally. And Jade will be there with all of her comic art as well, which is Scrum Diddlyumptious. Thank you, Dean. You're welcome, Jade. Two weeks after that, we'll also be in uh, London for MCM Comic Con as well. That's May 25th to the 27th. We will be at that event for all three days, so... If you want a very nice extended conversation for all you Londoners, people from the UK, people traveling down, again, come say hi to us. Become our friend. We would like to talk to you about the podcast, yeah, about actually, any of our please, heroes. Please do come and talk to us about the podcast because like, last time we went, I got three different recommendations for very, very good uh, generators. So. If you have ideas for generators, just hit, hit us the fuck up. <laughs> um, I, I might be there as well. I don't know oh, if I can be bothered yet. Special guest sure potentially, <laughs> Josh, who, as and I quote, c- might be bothered to meet his <laughs> Maybe. fans. I might be floating around <laughs> on a Saturday or potentially a Sunday. Well, who there you go. Knows? Take a gamble. <laughs> uh, you know, we'll see. You have been bitten by a radioactive podcast. 
I'm Dean the uh, Drizzle McKnight. Uh, I'm Jade. Why won't it stop raining in Britain, Sarson? Um, and that's because I am Josh Rainy Day Randall. Hey. Hey. England fucking sucks for weather. Goodbye, everybody.